0: trading that episode 83
1: with the break-even trader there's very few things that you kind of have to fix in order to get them up to scratch with being consistently profitable so i was using his free material for uh, two and a half years before i kind of came to that understanding of co- making consistently profitable gains and what i mean by that is basically i wasn't having a losing month from that point onward
0: The market's going to do something.
1: Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading
0: trading Up podcast i'm your host cam hawkins and today we've got a trader that goes by the handle ant fx on the show now what makes ant a bit different a bit special from my other guests is the fact that he learned from one of my past guests of the show quite a popular trader out there on twitter instagram his name is inner circle traders ict controversial uh, in some respects And we've got his student on the show, which is fantastic because we're going to actually hear from somebody who's gone through what ICT teaches and see if he can apply it and if he's successful or not. So that's what we're going to find out today in today's show is this student, did he find success with ICT's methods or not? So listen up, guys. This is coming to your earbuds any second now. Now, before we get into it, I do want to remind you that I've got this new thing I've launched on the Uh, trading that YouTube channel it's called build that bot what I'm doing is getting past guests of the show back on to come up with ideas that they think could be turned into an automated trading robot I then go away and build them with my magical skills where I build trading robots I I just happen to have this magical skill which I can do really quickly uh, really easily build these uh, algorithms into automated trading robots And then we see in a future episode of the show whether or not they work, get that guest back on, and then we might tweak it and try and see if we can really make this robot fly. If not, we throw it away and we start on a new one. So, guys, that's what it's all about. Build That Bot, new series up there on my YouTube channel, Trading Nut. Uh, Go and check out tradingnut.com for the YouTube channel links, and you should find the odd Build That Bot video in there as well. Now, if you are looking to build your own trading robots, want to know how I do it, uh, it's actually that not that hard once you know. I use a bit of software. It's called FX Dreamer, and I teach people how to build that trading robot. Uh, build trading robots, but pretty, pretty much any kind of robot, either fully automated or semi automated, all there on TradingNut.com. If you don't know about algorithmic trading, robot trading, EA trading, whatever you want to call it, then I do recommend checking out my free 14-day trial of the Robot Traders Club. You're going to get a robot to try yourself. Try it out. See if it's for you. See if it's something that you know you could possibly do in the future, and uh, maybe want to build your own robots and and you know take it to the next level. All right, folks. Without further ado, let's get on with the show today with AntFX. Here we go. All right, folks. Here we are on the Trading Up podcast. I've got Ant underscore FX on the show now. Ant is an ICT student. If you don't know who ICT is, he is uh, an ex-guest on the show. His name is Inner Circle Traders. And, um, yeah, it was episode 44 of the Trading Nut podcast. So I'm so glad that we've got one of his students on board uh, to tell us what, the oh, A, the experience is like, and, B, um, how he how he's sort of, you know, progressed as a trader. So, Ant, welcome to the show. How are things over there in Essex in the UK? <laughs>
1: yeah, things are fine, mate. I think the uh, lockdown's kind of easing a bit with uh, Boris and that. But, yeah, no, everything's fine. Everything's dandy.
0: And so, so um, just quickly, before we sort of dive into the questions, I mean, how long, have you, how long ago were you a, an ICT student? And, um, it, and don't tell us all the stories, just, just literally how long ago was it and, and, um, and where are you now so people can get a sort of quick feel for things?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I started with ICT six years ago, and um, catching up to where I am now, um, let's just put it this way, is that when I quit my job, I always sort of had a feeling deep down that I was going to be a good trader. I just didn't realize that I was going to be this good. And it might sound quite egotistical, but if you know ICT well, um, I mean, his stuff kind of speaks for itself. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of where I am now.
0: And just to give you guys a a background, so I I, I sort of stumbled across Ant here um, via a few different paths. So So the path was... One uh, there's another guy who who knows Ant quite well and um, what just came into my tra- uh, Telegram chat and started posting a few of his trades. I was going to get him on the show because somebody said, Hey, you've got to get this guy on the show, these trades are ridiculous. And so yeah. I was like, Okay, do you want to come on the show? And he's like, Yeah, okay, I'll come on the show, but he's he's we might get him on later, but he's he's moving house at the moment and said, Well, why don't you just interview um Ant, who I, I, I trade with? He's a great trader, well worthwhile getting on the show. So that's how we ended up. Um, connecting so i know that um the other guy who i won't talk about at the moment is is um is a great trader and sounds like that you're sort of possibly even better than him um from what he was telling me as well so i can't wait for the show it's going to be fantastic to start off with how did you get tell us about your journey into trading and and you know where you got to now
1: okay so i'll give you a bit of background so um i was um, particularly into finance. Um, so when I was at college, uh, I was studying um, financial services, uh, economics, law, and English. So what it was is that I had a um, a cousin uh, who worked for Deutsche Bank and her husband worked for HSBC. So them two are obviously doing really, really well for themselves. And what it was is that he, um, the guy that was working for HSBC, my, so I'm just going to call him my cousin-in-law, um, he was basically dealing with high net worth clients and he would give financial advice as to where they should put their money. So that's kind of like the path that I had in mind um, when I was kind of heading towards you know, the banking industry. Um, so when I came out with my A-levels, um, I decided to go to uni and um, I decided to study a banking practice and management degree um, in London. So for me, uh, the journey to London is um, about an hour and 15 minutes on on the train, uh, plus the walk. Um, so what it was is that I was going to and from uh, university to study um, a banking practice management degree. Um, and to cut it shortly, it, it was just such a boring subject. I mean, you can imagine like commuting to and from work, learning a subject that is just, just so boring. You wasn't earning any money, nothing like that so what it was is that i just decided that i just had enough didn't want to do it anymore and um yeah kind of uh cut pathway with uh with university so um i decided to do a bit of google research and the banking industry had a bit of a stigma about it in the sense that there was a lot of work involved a lot of hours long hours people really tired, etc i wouldn't have much of a social life and um It kind of put me off a little bit. Um, On top of the fact that I didn't actually have the qualifications to get in with a bank um, to begin with, Um, so I kind of decided to reevaluate my options. So I did a bit of Google research, and then I stumbled across uh, insurance. So I decided to do a bit of work experience um, with a uh, insurance brokers, and then I got a job up London um, as an underwriting assistant. Um, and basically I was working for a bunch of teams. So we was in insurance. We had, um, I don't know, public liability desk. We had a property desk. We had a Marine desk, energy desk. So basically I was the guy that was sorting out all the admin for all the teams that were kind of uh, underwater. So after that, I kind of gravitated towards, Um, the marine team, so we were dealing with things like uh, Disney Cruise Line, um, cargo ships, etc. So I kind of moved into that team and then we'd go to Lloyds of London, etc. So my parents were obviously very pleased that I managed to get this London job. Um, I was quite well paid for for my age um, and everything was kind of going swimmingly. Um, In the meantime, my best mate, he lives around the corner to me, uh, I went to school with him. Um, He was also starting his journey and he started in IT so he was like an IT cons- uh consultant and he would go to places to basically fix IT uh, IT problems and it just so happens that he had to go to a trading floor to sort out their IT problems um and it was um a prop firm uh, i won't won't name the prop firm but he basically went and got talking to all these traders and that's kind of where he started his journey in trading. And he would basically, um, he then joined them, that prop firm, as like a, as the noob. And he, he would get the train to, to and from work with me. And he would just talk to me about trading. Now, I had kind of no interest at, at that point. I had no idea what trading was all the trading lingo he'd talk about his clip size he'd talk about dom he'd talk about this that and the other and it was just going way over my head and i just had no clue what he was talking about so we kind of spent a lot of time just sort of he would converse to me about trading and i it was just i didn't have zero understanding um, of what it actually was he then progressed on to become a market maker for another prop firm slash hedge fund and he um was a market maker for energy contracts on an exchange. Now, what happened was is that he made um ninety six grand in three days in Brent, so Brent oil. And obviously, I'm looking at this guy. Uh, we had similar grades, you know, in terms of intelligence. We're kind of on the same wavelength. So I sort of thought, well, you know, after he took his split, uh, he went and bought himself a brand new BMW outright. Um, I think it was 2014, 2015 at the time. Um, and I was just like this money just isn't possible doing what I'm doing so that's kind of when he got me to open up a demo account and then that's when all those conversations that we used to have on the train, I used to I would basically start listening a little bit more (laughs) um, and he would invite me down to go hang out with them traders and market makers down there uh, at his prop firm Um, And then it got to a point where I was so heavily interested in trading and the ins and outs of what trading was being like the forefront of the economy, I was kind of like I was hooked at that point. It was mainly the money, but then it became kind of how things worked out. So with that said, I would take holiday and go spend you know, days at a time with these tra- traders um, and just try and get their perspective on how trading was done. So <laughs> I went home and uh, I said to my parents, so bear in mind that I dropped out of uni. So I'd already quit on one thing. I then said that, hey, mum, dad, I want to pursue trading full time. So I'm going to save up a bunch of money and I'm going to um, pursue trading full time. And, um, really in hindsight what a stupid idea that was but i kind of i'm glad that it kind of worked out that way because i might have not been at this point that i'm at now if it wasn't for that so obviously they were they thought i was going nuts um they were asking me all sorts of questions about what trading was and i was trying to explain to them and they basically saw it as gambling they weren't too particularly happy but they were very supportive with um the fact that you know i decided to quit my job and pursue a path that especially one that i enjoyed um so that's kind of like where it started um i saved up five thousand pound and then i put a thousand pound into an account uh that was january i believe that i started and i would trade full-time on this one thousand pound uh live account and um i was trading micro lots so i think i was doing it like no more than 0.01 lots at the time and i managed to blow a grand in three months which i mean that's kind of nuts i, I didn't think that it was going to sort of go that direction i thought i was going to make money and i was going to look you know really intelligent to all my friends and family and um, it turns out that it was a lot harder than i predicted um so with that account gone um i basically had 4000 pound to my name um that I was using just to live off of and um I just decided that I was going to find uh, a mentor uh, an educator so what I would do is I would google um uh, like bank um institutional trading course and things like that now obviously there's loads of gurus and stuff that um uh, are on the scene with instagram etc these days but back then um i mean i think that it was on trading i think was only available to the public when i was 17 and i started at 19 so it'd only been a couple of years so we didn't really have all these like um ib's going around like promoting um trying to get their broker fees that wasn't really going on um, I knew the, for the fact that spending time with these market makers, and they used to use something called market profile. So that's where I started out. The problem was is that back then when I started out with MT4, market profile, they used to pay desk fees of about two and a half thousand pound a month to get all the data, et cetera, that they needed. And I didn't have that. So when I stopped, um, I kind of didn't have any market profile to use. So everything I'd learned up to that point, I, I couldn't really use it. So I decided that I was going to use it. I obviously looked online for YouTube, etc. cetera, came across indicators and all the crap. So bearing in mind that I'd already convinced myself based on my experience with these guys that price action was the way forward and that indicators are a load of faff. I don't mean to offend anyone. This is just what I had going through in my head at, at the time. So I typed in institutional education, training education, and um, I come across ICT's website, um, which, I mean, that in itself, I think is fate. I don't know what else you'd call it, um, unless it was just potluck. Um, I managed to come across his website. Now, when I was going through his material, his material was free, which I must admit was a little bit suspect at first, because there's not really any educators that Uh, all of all the educators would charge for their time um but when i was going through his material i noticed a few key buzzwords that kind of related my experience with the guys that i was hanging around with one of them was his market maker series and then the second one was liquidity so those two buzzwords that had obviously been thrown around in front of me on those train journeys and when i go hang out with these prop traders kind of resonated with me with a little bit and i kind of thought to myself well i'm not paying for it monetarily all it is is just going to take me a bit of time just to go through his material and see if it's worth pursuing or not so that's kind of where my journey began um, so I kind of had about six months worth of experience up until uh, I met ICT um, using indicators blowing a live account uh, and yeah that's kind of where my journey began
0: and and what what were they can you explain sort of what what you did when you blew that one thousand dollar uh pound account um,
1: I mean they were dark times I can't really remember um I knew that I took it very very personal um I knew for a fact that this was something that I wanted to pursue um I just couldn't believe about the horrible start that I had got off to um I mean, the things that were going through in my mind is, I've just quit a job that, in the eyes of my parents, was fairly prestigious. You know, like it was a it was a good job, I'd say. Um, I've just bowed that in. I've lost a grand, and now so I've got four thousand pounds in my name, and I basically just had no idea what the hell I was doing. Um, if so you had to, you I, had to that, look
0: back now, what what do, you, what do you you know, if you had to list off all the things that you did wrong, what were the things that you what were what would they be?
1: Um, first was going to indicators that was the first thing that went wrong because I knew I did feel deep down that I, I knew that those things didn't work um, obviously the percentage is 90 to 95 percent of traders lose money so I could see that all that chaff that was being thrown out there by people that hadn't been involved in banks I, I'm, I'm not trying to tear anyone down I'm just saying how it is um, obviously the the things that I had been exposed to uh, with market making etc that's kind of the route that I knew that I wanted to take. I still went down the indicator route, even though I knew it wasn't very good for me. Um, that was number one. Number two was jumping on a live account quicker than um, I was supposed to. Um, because I literally, even though I was hanging around with these guys, etc., and I was trading off of a demo account. Um, when I opened my demo account, I think I was trading Euro stocks, oil, and the FTSE. Um so when I went into um, trade this live account, uh, I basically just had zero experience, and I just basically went naught to a hundred, and just basically just stumbled over my own f- two feet. Um, so yeah, there's kind of the mistakes that I made when blowing that account.
0: Okay, cool, cool. All right, so so uh, you, you got us up to the ICT, um, I suppose free series. So you you obviously bought the course, and then what happened after that?
1: Um, So, yeah, I basically was using his free material, and the step one for me was basically using a demo account just to get up to snuff with at least somewhat of a profitable uh, understanding. So, it took me about two and a half years to get to a point where I was consistently profitable um, with some of the material that he had. Now, with his free material, he also released um, something known as the MM12 series, When I watched that series, I basically went from consistently losing to a break-even trader. Now, to most, that doesn't sound like much of a leap, but in fact, in a trader's journey, I'd say that that's particularly important because with the break-even trader, there's very few things that you kind of have to fix in order to get them up to scratch with being consistently profitable. So I was using his free material for Uh, two and a half years before I kind of came to that understanding of making consistently profitable gains. Um, And what I mean by that is basically I wasn't having a losing month from that point onward. So I'd have losing days, I'd have losing weeks, but I wouldn't have a losing month. So therefore, I was kind of already in the right direction. Um, 14 months ago, um, I decided to join his mentorship. Um, I think he opened it in 2016. So I joined 2019, is that right? Yeah, 2019. Yep. Um, so I decided to join his mentorship. I kind of felt like I was missing a few bits and um, I kind of wanted to up my game a little bit. So that's when I decided to join his mentorship. Obviously, as you know, like I'm under an NDA, so I can't disclose everything that I know, but just know that his material, in my opinion, is unmatched upon any educator that I've ever come across. Um, A lot of the time I do get a question, which is, um, well, if I was in with the market makers, then why did you need someone like ICT to teach you about market making? Um, What people need to understand is that when ICT uses the term market maker and my best mate, the market maker, uh, those are two uh, completely different things. Um, The market makers that uh, ICT is talking about are from the central bank level. Whereas someone like my best mate Ben is like a liquidity provider on an exchange uh, for futures. So that's kind of like the differentiation uh, upon those two.
0: Right, cool. Okay, so so you took the course 14 months ago and and how did that pan out for you?
1: Um, I'm not going to lie. My trading um, from a consistently profitable basis, um, when I joined his mentorship, it took me about three months where I got ridiculous. Um, again, don't mean to sound e- egotistical. I'm just saying how it is. Um, his stuff is just uncanny. That's the only word I can use to explain it in the sense that the level of precision, no turning points before they occur in price, um, all those missing pieces that I had were put together and I just got ri- ridiculously good in a short amount of time. Um, and now it's getting to a point where I'm not even having losing weeks and, uh, I'm putting out a decent amount of pips on a weekly basis, just trading like one or two pairs. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, in my trading, I'm kind of, I'm like day trader to swing trader. So I'm kind of like in between. So oftentimes like I'll typically take a day trade or I'll take a day trade, but I'll hold it for a few days based on the weekly range. Um, I'm currently going through on a demo account um, scalping. So I kind of, there's, um, he kind of lit a fire under me a bit in the sense that he was saying that volatility trumps risk to reward. Now, risk to reward is obviously a very cherished thing in trading. And I do think it's a very, very important thing. But for someone to say that he can do, uh, you know, trades that are one to one and absolutely wipe the floor from guys that are getting 25 to one, I thought was quite a big statement. So, one of the things that I did was basically put that to the test. So, on top of trading on my live account, swing trading and day trading, uh, I'd have a demo account that I use strictly for practice and I would practice on uh, EURUSD, uh, GBPUSD and S&P 500. So, they would be in three markets and basically what I'd do is I'd use an hourly chart as my higher time frame and then um, I'd use a 15-minute and a one minute chart and basically just I'm trying to get as consistent as possible with those concepts that he's taught so far. Um, so far it's going really well. I just need to tweak a few things with my personality because I've been trading a so, so long, um, sorry, trading uh, the same way for quite a long time. Uh, I have grown to Uh, there's a few habits that I need to correct. So there's kind of like certain things that a scalper would do that a swing trader necessarily doesn't really need to worry about. So I just need to tweak those things. Um, If I can get to a point where I'm kind of, no, the way to put it, if I get ridiculous um, in my own trading, uh, I want to step out on the scene. I want to try and get Robin's Cup done. um, And then I want to rival my own mentor (laughs) Um, in like a bit of friendly competition um, ICT kind of said uh, online that he's waiting for someone to step out on the scene and trade against him um, a few people, I'm not really sure about the um, like. there was a, some guys called WWA trading that kind of agreed to his terms etc and then he kind of pushed it towards the Robins Cup um, so I'm not sure what's going on with that but as far as he's concerned, no one's kind of came out on the scene to uh, trade against him. So that's kind of like where I'm trying to get at now is trying to get to a level where I can rival uh, my own mentor, and then try and take my own trading even further.
0: Nice, brilliant, great, great aspiration. Um, it'd be interesting to see if, uh, if if that ever happens, or we can we can get you both back on in, in the future. That would be fantastic. Um, so, be so 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 uh, you're talking about. Actually, to first of all, how old are you now? Can I ask that question? Just because I'm yeah, trying to do yeah. the maths here and it's quite—it's I'm I'm lost. I'm 25. 25. Okay, cool. So, um, when you when you're looking at your trading now, what are the? Do you want to drop down some of those stats for us? So, like, what's your um, you know, average winning percentage on a week, and uh, you know, are you still going for one to one on your swing trades as well? How does that all look?
1: Okay, so um, in terms of um, I'm going to touch on my effects book in a minute. Um, but as it stands, my accuracy is, um, at 80%. Um, so that's kind of where my accuracy stands in terms of risk to reward. Um, I'll typically take anything that is, uh, two to one. Um, if there's like a painstakingly the obvious trade, that's kind of like, uh, free money, then and any, a minimum of two to one, I'll still take it. But primarily, um, I'm looking for about five to one.
0: Oh, really? Okay, cool. With an 80% win rate. And so how many trades a week?
1: Um, I mean, it does, uh, I would say it, it it does highly depend on what the market gives me and obviously what I'm looking at. Um, but typically it's about two on average.
0: Okay, cool. And um, so you've, you've talked about three currency pairs. So you're still doing that for your swing trading? So there's EU, GU, and uh, SP500. Sorry, it's not, not a currency pair. But is there anything yeah. else that you trade on the swing trading front?
1: Yeah, sometimes I trade Looney, uh, sorry, USD CAD. Um, Sometimes um, I've kind of looked at Aussie Dollar a couple of times. Uh, I don't really like the Kiwi pairs too much, but it's mainly just the three pairs, which is um, Fiber, Cable and Looney. And then uh, I also trade the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ.
0: And so when you're, so you're taking two trades a week. Mm -hmm. What does your typical trading day look like then?
1: Uh, Trading day is uh, I basically wake up about 6 a.m. So that's for the London session. Uh, I grab my cup of tea. That's important guys. Remember that cup of tea. Uh, Once you've got your cup of tea, you sit at your desk and uh, your markings, your markings should already be done the night before. So um, this is how I kind of like to do it. So on the weekend, on a Saturday and Sunday, all my projected um, sort of what I expect to unfold uh, in the following week. Uh, i'll have those done on a saturday and a sunday and obviously i'll also do that on the night before so if it's a tuesday obviously my markings are already going to be pre-done monday evening of what i expect to unfold in price the following day and then obviously i just kind of sit back and wait and just see if uh, the market gives me a setup and if it doesn't i'll just let it go
0: and do you use any sort of like alerts learning software or anything like that to, to make sure you don't miss the the entry
1: uh, no, not particularly. Um, journaling is one. Like if I do miss an entry, obviously journaling is very important. Um, no, I don't really use any software at all. No, I wouldn't say
0: I do. No. And are you entering on limit orders or stop orders or market orders?
1: Uh, if I'm in front of the chart, I'll do market order. Um, if I'm out and about doing other things, then I will be using a limit order.
0: Cool. And so, so like the one thing that I suppose is is highlighted here for me is the fact that. You haven't seemed to have fallen into a lot of the traps that a lot of other mum or dad traders out there, uh, or you know, young traders out there, sort of fall into where they they get really tied up into the whole, you know, making money side of it, and and it overtakes everything else. The emotion gets in, and um, you know, you obviously had that initial bit, but then you just stopped. You just stopped after that, you know, one thousand dollars pounds was lost, and you moved on. You took one course and you've just followed it through. Why is it that what do you think made you different from everyone else? You know, did you have any special traits or do you think you've got any special sort of like magical skills that you know you can you can pull out that no one else has you're like a superhuman. What yeah, do you think um, it was different?
1: Um, I'd say what happened was is that when I blew that live account and I found ICT, um I spent three years on a demo account trying to work out what the hell I was supposed to be doing. Um, so even when I find, found that profitable understanding, I was still on demo for three years. Um, what I want to preface it is that I didn't have a job for three years and I was living off of four grand. Um, I have no idea how I got through this because um, like, I have uh, no shame in admitting that I would basically cry in the shower because of the amount of pressure that I built upon myself. Like, if I was ever going to get this, um, if I was ever going to be a trader, if I'd have to go back to work, that was another thing. Like I, I just didn't want to go back to work. So I think that's probably the drive that I had that kind of got me through that period was the fact that I hated working for other people so much. Uh, actually, I'll talk a bit about that. Um, in the insurance industry, when I joined the Marine team, they were really, really behind uh, on their uh, administration and um, the guy, I don't mean to bash him, he was actually a friend of mine. Um, but he wasn't too, particularly too good uh, at his job. So because they were so far behind, um, I had basically used all my energy, and I, I was quite good at my job. So I managed to catch them up to where they needed to be in a six-month basis. Um, I got on with everyone. I was kind of like um, you know, meeting all the brokers at Lloyd's of London. And um, what had happened is, is that towards the end of the year, uh, I got given my bonus, which was £1,000, and then my pay increase was also £1,000. Now, I know some of you are probably thinking, well, that's, a, that's a, quite a bit of money. The work that I put in, I did not get see that return, and I just thought that he, you we would basically have the um, CEO of our company, um, who's based in America, he would come over and give us a pep talk about basically how much money he was earning. Oh, and I yeah. think you fucking so here we are doing all the work while you sit at the top and i'm getting paid peanuts for absolutely working my nuts off from that point i just had enough working for other people i had to work for myself so that's kind of like the drive that i had um that was kind of like getting me through all of it was basically the fear of having to go back to work and work for someone else
0: and so, so when you sort of finally, like you know, you, you said that you you got ridiculous, but I think before then you started getting break even. I mean, how yeah. did you, how did that feel at the time?
1: I'll tell you what: when I got to a break even point, it it was a bigger deal than I actually realised at the time. Um, at first, I didn't really think too much of it because we're so focused on making money at, or having at least a system or something that is going to generate us. Uh, you know, giving us something back. Um, so all that effort that I was putting in, um, I still wasn't seeing a return because I was even. But it was actually a bigger deal than I thought it was because it's kind of like that stepping stone from break even to consistently profitable that I think is quite important because once you get that kind of whiff of you're a breakeven trader, that's when you're like, okay, things are starting to click. Therefore, I am going to be profitable and have a consistent profitable understanding if i just carry on putting in the work that's necessary and the study that's necessary to get to a point where i'm actually making money for myself um that was kind of like the biggest biggest takeaway
0: and did you did you ever get to the point in sort of those dark days where you were just going i don't think this is going to work or i don't think anyone makes money in this or like you know did, did you have these negative thoughts or were you able to sort of suppress them
1: um, I would say, I mean, I would say like going back to, you know, me talking about crying in the shower, all that pressure that I put upon myself, that I had all those thoughts. All those thoughts were still running through in my mind. I was thinking that I'm never going to get this. Um, I was thinking that I basically quit my job to not earn any money. I've made a mistake. Um, I, all those dark thoughts were going through my head. But for some reason, I was just able to suppress them just because of the desire that I didn't want to work for anyone else anymore. Um, it was also, I'll bring this up as well, the faith that I had in my mentor um, and in the tools that he was teaching me, I would say is another big thing. I, I believed in the ICT 100% that he was going to make me consistently profitable. I think that a lot of people do struggle with... Um, the way that he is, and that's actually that can actually have a negative impact on your trading, because um, what you're doing is you're not looking at yourself, the trader. You're kind of blaming someone else. The problem is, is that as a mentor, you can't transfer that knowledge. You can't rub your temples in and be like, "Here's the experience that I've had over the last thirty years. Here you go." It doesn't work like that. You have to do the work that's necessary yourself. Um, so I guess that yeah, basically, my belief in my uh, mentor. That he was going to make me consistently profitable was another thing that got me through it.
0: And so, so if you're thinking about these other guys that are listening to the show here, and they, you know, they're, they've been banging their head against the wall for years, and um, I mean, it seemed like you had a really good why there in terms of like why you wanted to do it was to not work for somebody else ever again. I mean, if somebody hasn't got that why, do you have any advice for them as to like what might help them break the back of this?
1: Um, I would say you you have to find your why. Um, it might not be necessarily my why. It could be your own why. Um, for example, say you've got kids. That could be another one. Uh, generational wealth. It might be that you you know, you know, want from that point to give your family things that maybe um, your family wasn't able to give you. That could be a why. Um, there's so many different reasons, but I think in order to get through this, because it's a lot of work and it's a long-ass journey, it is very, very, very important. To find your why because that's what's going to carry you through all the um the kind of dark phases that you'll have um and trust me like especially when you start out things are going to not going to make sense and basically it's, you just haven't got that experience yet and you're trying to get to a state of profitability that you haven't earned um so i think that if people would just slow down a bit and just find their why i'd guarantee you that over time you you'll start to notice um a pr- profitable return especially in your understanding and,
0: and what if somebody's why is like to to own a lamborghini what do you what do you say about that
1: yeah i've got no problems no problems with that at all if your why is something financial could be that you want a Roly or a lamborghini uh that's a, that was also a why could be that your old man hasn't uh, doesn't have a nice sports car and you want a nice sports car that your dad can't buy for you i, I mean that in itself is is a reason why um so it doesn't necessarily have to be anything emotional. It can, it can be financial, um, but if you have that desire to get that Lamborghini, you're going to do whatever it takes, and that's as simple as it. That's kind of what it comes down to at the end of the day.
0: Cool. Now diving into the technical aspect of you know price charts and reading a price chart. I mean, what three things would you recommend someone educate themselves on?
1: Uh, the I would say the first thing is you need to understand the how. So how the markets are run um, how the how price moves around etc so I'd say that's number one is how second one is why that's the probably the biggest one out of the three that I'm going to say you have to think about why these markets are moving around these markets aren't for you and I they're they're not for us they're for the central banks and for them to get their position on. So uh, when you last interviewed my mentor, and I absolutely love this analogy, is what I tell traders all the time, is um, Forex, foreign exchange, is a commodity. Money is a commodity. Now, the storehouse um, or the store owner um, is the central bank. So, for example, if you are a shoe store owner, it would be fair to say that as the owner, you can set the hours of operation and the price as to what you want to sell those shoes at. Uh, f- the markets are the same thing. It's just being controlled by the central bank and, um, you know, it's basically moving around to facilitate trade, um, but it's not for you and me to trade. It's for them to trade. Um so they're all kind of like working in, in tandem with one another. Um, so if you understand why it is that these markets are moving around and you're doing the same things um, that those guys are doing, that's already going to give you an edge that you aren't doing uh, You know what the other 95% are doing. Because if you do look at the majority of what's being taught, the majority of it is, and I don't, uh, again, I'm not bashing anyone. Someone here might have a profitable understanding using indicators. I'm not oblivious to that, that people do make money using indicators. It's just, if you are using trend lines, supply and demand, all those other stuff that's being taught, you are going to be more likely to be put in that 95% bracket than the 5%. Um, if you have that understanding, you're already leagues ahead. Um and then thirdly, uh, I don't. I don't know. Thirdly, I, I mean, them them two things are, are more than enough. Uh, come back to me, and I'll, okay. I'll try. And
0: third one. <laughs> well, maybe we can maybe we can see it on a uh, on a price chat after this after yeah, this. Yeah. We'll <laughs> jump on and and we'll have a look at possibly a third thing. Right. So um, before we get into the quick fire round, like the last thing is, do you have any sort of special mindset? Um, mindset techniques you could share with the the guys like trying to get themselves get their mindset right for trading
1: oh this is a massive one right so um the biggest biggest barrier and this is this isn't for people that have jumped straight into a live account this is for people that are going from demo to live so you've had a profitable understanding and you're seeing consistent returns in your demo account so therefore you want to go live and make some money what often happens is that fear, greed, and everything, and all those psychological emotions, come into play when you're trading. The best advice that I can give you is that whether you are trading live or demo, it's the same thing. There's only like minor differences with maybe the broker is kind of messing about with your spread a bit uh, if you're like really, really consistent. Um, but if you was to compare a demo chart from the same broker, a demo account and a live account, the price feed is the same thing. So you have to realize that the only person that's putting those emotional pressures on you is yourself. The quicker you understand that, the more you focus on the process itself, which yields pips, which then becomes money, that's kind of how you take that process from going from a demo to a live account is just practice on a demo account until you literally become desensitized to the money aspect and you are so focused on just the the process of finding pips and consistent setups.
0: And can I just ask a question on what do you do around uh, risk? Uh, risk,
1: again, uh, it kind of depends on the setup. Um, I mean, it depends. Uh, oftentimes, if I'm using a stop-loss, um, I won't particularly take a setup if a stop-loss is more than 30 pips, um, but it depends on what it gives me. Like, sometimes... Um, if I'm kind of at my desk and uh, I'm using a five-minute chart, oftentimes I can kind of find a smaller fractal and reduce my risk a bit. Sometimes if I'm on the go, I just won't bother and I'll use like a 15-minute and therefore the risk is going to be a little bit more. Um, but typically it's not more than 30 pips and on average it's roughly like a 15, 20-pip stock that I use.
0: Yeah, and what about from a monetary point of view? I mean, are you, are you doing a percentage of the account or, or a fixed yeah. amount?
1: Yeah, it's percentage. So I follow uh, the 1% rule. Um, what I've just noticed is that it's just it's just an easy amount. It's, it's a very low amount that means that you can't get emotional about it if you lose any money. Um, so if I'm going to lose, you know, a tenner on a grand account, it, it's not going to bother me. So if you use low leverage, it's usually an advantage, even though you want to make more money, you know, more than you you just have to basically let compound interest do its work and then once you get to a point where your account is big enough that one percent becomes a little bit more meaningful you just have to submit to the time aspect to let it grow
0: cool cool right well let's dive into the quickfire round and uh, we've got a few questions here to help wrap things up for the guys now how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable
1: uh so two and a half years
0: what's your favorite entry setup?
1: uh i can't talk too much about it but it's um a stop run with an order block and then there's a third thing that i can't talk about but that's kind of my go-to set so. okay
0: a couple of things in the for you guys to go and research um what strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades uh
1: so typically i'd have about th- uh three to four tank profit targets um obviously four being the absolute best like if you've got an absolute machine And it's just going to take off. That's kind of like the best-case exit. But I'll always take partials. So taking partials is obviously really, really important. Um, So I'll have take profit one, two, three, and four.
0: What's your recommended trading book or resource?
1: Uh, um, I don't really read a lot. Um, uh, I would say for entertainment purposes, read uh, Flash Boys. That's about algorithms. That's a really good book. Um, In terms of actually educational resources, um, I haven't really found any of them particularly useful. Uh, Outside of trading, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad is a really good book. Um, If you want to just talk about finance and things like that, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad is a really good book. I'd recommend that book again.
0: Uh, Preferred Broker and Trading Platform.
1: Um, I don't uh, tell people what broker I use just because in case they have any problems, I don't want to feel bad about any issues that they have. Um, as for the platform, uh, I st- I still have an affinity for MT4, just because that's what I started with. But I'm slowly transitioning over to TradingView. Uh,
0: do you want to walk us through your worst ever trade?
1: Oh, worst ever trade. Um, <laughs> I still remember this trade. So it was basically a short on Euro USD. Uh, FOMC came out and absolutely blew through. I had a really wide stop, so I was trading on the news itself. Um, I over leveraged my account, um, which was about 10%. Uh, This was kind of early on when I went live. I've never, ever done this again. Um, But yeah, it just screamed against me. I must have had like 40, 50 uh, pip stop loss, something really, really stupidly wide. Um, And yeah, I think the risk was something like 15% and I lost a big chunk. So I had to kind of like start again. That was, yeah, that was a bad one. I still remember that.
0: Uh, if there was one piece of advice you could leave with our listeners, what would it be?
1: Uh, just if if this is really, really what you want, you've got to do whatever it takes to get it. Simple as.
0: Cool. And look, uh, Ant, you've got a chance here to let the guys know about your podcast and also um, other ways that the traders can get a hold of you.
1: Oh, that's, <laughs> that's very kind of you. Um, yeah, no, I started a, a podcast on my own YouTube channel. So that's com slash yt. Um, The best way to get a hold of me is Telegram, which is Ant underscore FX. Uh, You can find me on Instagram, which is at Ant underscore FX. And uh, I'm using Twitter a lot more. Twitter is probably the best place to catch me now because uh, I can talk about my my trades in a lot more detail and make calls before they happen. Um, So if you're looking to be entertained, um, uh, then you can follow me on Twitter at Ant underscore FX underscore. So that's two underscores for Twitter.
0: Brilliant. Well, look, a big thank you to Ant for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here along with all the links are going to be in the show notes to find them. Simply search for Ant in the search box on TradingNut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. There we have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed that show with Ant. Now, uh, if you do want to check out the video we recorded after the show, head over there, TradingNut.com or the TradingNut YouTube channel. You're going to get to see Ant walk through one of Michael's methods that uh, he teaches to try and pick really tight, nice entries. Um, What I loved in the show was the fact that Ant said, like, he just got ridiculous. It got absolutely ridiculous. So, folks, um, yeah, head over there, Trading Nut YouTube channel to check that out. And do, whilst you're there, check out the Build That Bot series where I'm taking past guests of the show, automating their strategies into trading robots. If you do want to learn how to do that yourself and you do want to have these skills of being able to automate anything you come up with, any idea or a strategy that you've got yourself, then I do recommend checking out the Robot Builders Club or uh, the Robot Traders Club free trial, 14 days. Get yourself into it. Have a look. See if it's right for you. I'll give you a free trading robot. It's been running for a few months now, and it's uh, it's doing really well. So, folks, head over there, tradingnut.com, and I'll see you in the next episode.